Welcome to the Bluff First Podcast. Join us as we journey together through the book of 1 Peter in our current series entitled Living Hope. We pray that this message will encourage and enrich your life. For more information, please visit us on the web at blufffirst.com. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I know we've had a, a lot of new faces the last couple of weeks being the holiday season, and so if by chance... Uh, you have snuck in, and I haven't had a chance to introduce myself to you yet. My name's TJ. I'm the lead pastor here, and uh, normally you would have already heard from Pastor Max. He's a little bit under the weather today, and so pray for Pastor Max. He's not here this morning, but we're going to still uh, have a great time as we kick off a new series uh, called Living Hope. We just sang about Living Hope, and so we're going to talk about it uh, today. I want to say hello to everybody that's uh, with us online such a privilege to be able to worship with you in that way. We're grateful for technology. It's not quite the same, but it's better than nothing, isn't it? We're so glad that you're able to do that when you travel or, or if you're not able to be with us for sickness or whatever. And so um, how many of you guys have seen the movie, or movies, I guess, uh, Back to the Future? Anybody seen Back to the Future? Okay, a lot of the room has. I'm going to talk about that. So if you, like, are worried about spoilers, you know, it's been out for a long time, so if you're worried, just earmuffs, okay? Plug your ears. But Back to the Future is a movie about what? It's about time travel, right? Marty McFly, his crew, they're going to do some time travel in those movies, and so sometimes they're trying to go backwards in time and affect current events. Sometimes they go back further than they want to go. Sometimes they go f- further ahead than they want to go, and it's all about figuring out how to properly time travel. You and I cannot... Uh, We cannot time travel, but what if we could? Let's think about that for a second. What if you could go back um, to any time with the knowledge you have right now, with the resources you have right now, what if you could go back to any time, what would you do? Some of you would go back a month or two and you would fill out a perfect March Madness bracket and maybe bet a little bit of money on it, right? Some of you would go back a year or two ago and you would buy stock in... Uh, sanitizer or whatever. Some of you would go further back. You'd say, I want to get in early on Walmart or Amazon or whatever. Maybe you'd go back and you'd have a conversation with a loved one that you never got to have. Maybe you'd go back even further and you'd just make sure that Jesus is who he he claims to be so that you would know that you were living this faith and, and it wasn't just faith. It was concrete. It was real. Like, what would you do if you could go back? Now, I want you to also imagine that you could go back to now. So you go back and then come back to today. What would you want to know about? What would you collect? What kind of things would you do? How would you get better? If I could go back, I would tell myself at 22, 23, hey, um, TJ, um, metabolism is not forever, okay? So you're going to go ahead. Actually, I'd go further. I'd go back to my childhood. I'd tell my mom, make that boy eat some vegetables. Like, make it, make it your life's goal that he would love, love vegetables. He's going to need it, okay? So... Um, it's, it's, you know, there's different things we could do, and, and so we know, of course, that we can't time travel. There's lots of movies, lots of shows about that, but, but in the coming weeks and, and today, um, I'm going to argue that this is exactly what we have uh, in the resurrection. How many know uh, Jesus already resurrected from the dead and he's alive, right? Three of you, that's good. How many know uh, because he's alive, he is who he says he is, he's going to do what he says he's going to do, and so he's coming again, and there's going to be a resurrection uh, of, of us. We're going to resurrect. We're in, we're, we might die in this life. We might not, depending on when he comes back, but after that, there will be no more death for those of, those of us who 
are in Christ. We're gonna live in the resurrection, in the new heaven, new earth with him. We're gonna reign forever uh, with him. And so here's what I want you to get around your head, okay? The resurrection of Jesus Christ is not just about something that happened 2,000 years ago, and it's not just about what's going to happen at the end, although both those things are significant. We can trust that Jesus is who he says he is. We can trust him to save us and forgive us of sin because he did raise from the, from the dead, because the tomb was really empty. We talked about all the evidence last week, right? But it's not just about that. It's not just about what he did back then. It's also not just about, you know, heaven and hell. It's not just about eternity and what's going to happen in the age to come. The resurrection of Jesus Christ has a lot to say about today. And so put your uh, Back to the Future glasses on, and I want you to picture this that we're able to go to the end when the world is as it should be, okay? Or if you want, go to the beginning before sin entered the world and the world was as it should be, okay? And the scriptures give us this resource, this ability to look at how things are meant to be, to look at the promise that God has given us about how things will be, and then to come back into our today with not just ideas about that, but power to actually see it happen in the here and now in glimpses. It's incomplete, it's not perfect. How many know there's still sickness in the world, there's still division, there's still anger, but we're able to bring heaven to earth in little slivers of hope today. And so we're talking about that um, today. We're gonna be preaching through First uh, and Second Peter. And so uh, today's just gonna kinda be a small introduction uh, for the series. Uh, normally when we preach through a book of the Bible, we start with these scripture journals, and we don't have those for you today, but we will have them next week. If you've never seen them before, I think we've got a picture of what they look like. One side is just scripture, one side is blank notes. It's really awesome when we're preaching through a book of the Bible for us to all have the same Bible version in front of us and all be able to take notes. And so even if you don't have a Bible, like you'll, you'll have the book that we're preaching through. And, uh, and so we have like plain ones and we have kind of fancy ones. I think we have a picture of those. Um, they're gonna be five bucks next Sunday. We're gonna order a couple of cases. If you like to read ahead and you're like, I gotta get my hands on one now, uh, they're on Amazon for like 99 cents more, okay? So you can hop on there and um, grab one of those. This message is not sponsored by Amazon. That's a second reference. Um, I'm not getting any points for that or anything. But anyway, so we're gonna be looking at, at this series called uh, Living Hope. And we need, we need to talk about hope because hope um, hope is a need in our world, wouldn't you agree? Hope is not a want, it's not an ideal, it's not something that's good to have. It's a basic human need. And if you don't agree, ask yourself, like, where do people find themselves when all hope is lost? What kind of things happens uh, in, in the life of a person who doesn't have hope, right? If you don't have hope for the future, um, you're going to have a hard time living in the today, and it might be like passive hope and just kind of generally just getting through life. It might be aggressive, confident, whatever, but we've got to have hope, and we see a hope crisis in our world. In the past um, calendar year, everything negative is on the rise, isn't it? Not just death rates and things like that, but, but depression, anxiety, suicide, domestic violence, all of these things have come along with what was already a really scary pandemic. Our world needs hope, right? Uh, I don't know about you, even for someone that's been relatively uh, blessed and healthy and, and okay through all of this, I look at the world sometimes and I've got, I've got a three-year-old little girl, I've got a boy on the way and I just, oh, it's scary to think about this world. We've got to have some hope to be able uh, to do this. Hope is a need that we have and the good news is that hope is available. 
Are there any world history buffs here this morning? Anybody's like big into world history? Uh, thank you, Dylan. There's one. So, Dylan, you, uh, you've been to history class. You've learned about different things throughout the, throughout the world. Um, if you study like the Holocaust, for example, horrific thing, terrible thing. But if you look into that, what's really fascinating is that there was a distinct difference between people that were in these concentration camps who knew Jesus Christ and people who did not have that same hope and that same faith. Uh, the, the survival rate is alarmingly different. Now, there's a part of us that maybe thinks like, well, if you're a Christian and you know you're going to go to heaven, why fight? Why hold on so, so strong? Why have such a will to live? Why not just go and be with Jesus, right? Like, that's where the promise, like, just, just go, give up. And yet, I think they knew what the scriptures teach, that hope is about heaven, but it's not just about heaven, right? Hope is about eternity, but it's not just about eternity. Hope in Jesus Christ is not about escaping the earth. It's about bringing the kingdom to the earth. And so what you'll find if you study that is that these individuals who had that hope, they had a stronger will to live, not just because, you know, they're Christians and they're better people, but because they had purpose even in their suffering. They understood they were becoming more like Christ in their suffering. They understood there were people around them that didn't share that hope, that needed to hear the gospel. They understood there were people around them that they could act mercifully towards and be generous and gracious and help them heal and take care of and protect. And so the hope of Jesus Christ literally was the difference in life and death for, for, for thousands and thousands and thousands of individuals. So what does it mean for us to have hope and what does that change in our lives? I know it's a term we throw around and a lot of times, you know, we just use hope as like it's no, like, you know, I hope I, I, hope I win the lottery, you know. I hope Taco John's opens tomorrow. Like I'm hoping for that, you know. It's the 19th, I checked, I put it on the church calendar and that's not a joke. Brooke was like, why is that on the church calendar? I was like, because it's important. <laughs> it's important. I love Taco John's, okay? But um, the vegetable thing didn't happen, you know, for me. But anyway, what is hope? Is it just this thing, this concept? It's more than that. It's more than that. And so we're going to look at it. First Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 3 and 4. Read this with me if you found it or read it on the screen. Peter says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessing is like he's praising the Lord. According to his great mercy, we didn't deserve it, we deserved much worse, but according to his great mercy, God has caused us to be born again. All of us were born uh, to our mother, all of us were born in this life. But the gospel teaches us that while we're born with a sinful nature, we can be born again with a new nature. We can become new creations. We can become Christians, followers of Jesus Christ. And we're born again, and then we obey the Lord, and we get baptized after we're born again. And some of y'all have decided to take that step, even last Sunday on Easter. That's so awesome. I'm so excited for you. But we are born again. Look what it says we're born again to, right? We're born again to a what? A living hope. Through, doesn't even mention the cross here, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because of God's mercy, we are born, and we're not just born again, just generic, so we'll go to heaven. We're born again for a purpose, to a living hope. How? Through the resurrection of Christ. 
right? And what do we get as a result of that? What, what happens? He says, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Lord, speak to us through your word. Help us to leave here different than we walked in. In Jesus' name, amen. The great truth to the need of hope that we have is that it's accessible, it's available. We need hope, guess what? We can find it, okay? It's, it's possible to have it. And again, it's not a concept. It's not an idea. Hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is a person. Um, we sing it this way sometimes. There's a song by this, by this title. Hope has a name, right? Hope is Jesus Christ. We are born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so that's where the series title comes from. Our hope is living because Jesus is living. Jesus is alive. He's our living hope. We don't just talk about that on Easter, but the tomb being empty and him being alive, that's something that changes us every week of the year. But listen, I'm a dad, okay? I got the dad bod. I got the dad jokes. Don't laugh. I got the dad jokes, right? I love puns. I love double meanings, and so the series title here has got a little bit of a double meaning. Jesus is our living hope, okay? We can establish that. But if it was titled instead like Living Brave, you would understand what I'm saying is that we need to go out and live brave lives. If it was titled Living Healthy, you would get that this is about how do I live a healthy life. And so this series titled Living Hope is also about how do we live out hope? What difference does it make if we have hope? What does hope in the resurrection actually do in and through our lives? How do we live out hope? How do we live hope? And so we're going to see that through this series. And I, I believe that as we engage the scriptures, God is going to see his hope working and living in you, and it's going to make a difference. We're going to see little just resurrection glimpses where God takes something that's dead in your life and he brings it to life, a dream that had died, a hope, a prayer. When God takes something that's broken in your life and he puts it back together. When God takes something that's missing, maybe it was never there or it was lost and then he does a new thing because he's making all things new. I'm believing that's gonna happen for you in the coming weeks and months if you'll be open to it, if you'll participate with what he wants to do. Now, we don't have time to turn to 50 different passages today, um, but I find one thing interesting about uh, the resurrection as we, as we look at what it looks like, right? And we talk about the resurrection. It's not just Jesus raising from the grave. It's also that he's coming again, and he's going to set up a new heaven, new earth, and he's going to be king forever, and there's going to be nothing broken in the world, okay? That resurrection we're also talking about. And what's fascinating is when we talk about that resurrection, it says one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, and it talks about how people of every nation, every tribe, every tongue, there are other passages that talk about languages and, and tribes and nations. And so what's interesting to me is that we don't lose our identifiers in the age to come. We don't lose what makes us us in the resurrection. Now some of us have this picture of heaven, right, that we're gonna die and our spirit's gonna go and we're gonna get our wings, right, and we're gonna become this little angel little precious moments angel, we're all gonna look the same, and we're gonna spend all of eternity at a Travis Trick, I mean, excuse me, at a concert where we, I was thinking of the wrong guy with long, beautiful hair, where we worship Jesus, and we just say, holy, 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 
for all eternity. And some of you are like, I don't know if I want to go to heaven. I'm not that good of a singer. I've got a bad back. I don't know if I can do that for all of eternity. And yet, I would suggest to you, while none of us know exactly what the new heaven and new earth will look like, there are pictures in Scripture. And if you look at when God made the world, before sin entered the world, God made plants, he made animals, he made mankind, he made Adam, he made Eve. They had relationship with each other. They did things. They, they, they worked in the garden. They interacted with the animals. They walked with God in the evenings, okay? And everything was good until sin arrived. Now, if, if that is God's ideal planet and he's making a new heaven and a new earth, I like to think it's gonna be something like that without the opportunity of a serpent to come in and mess it all up, without the, without the fallen nature of, of mankind. I don't think it's gonna only be a worship concert. How many know there's a marriage supper of the lamb in heaven? Why is there food in heaven? I don't know. I don't think we're gonna be hungry. I don't think we're gonna need it, but like food is good. Food is good. <laughs> food is good. Food is good. God made food. He decides we get to eat. It's gonna be the best food we've ever had. Amen? It's gonna be awesome. And so if there was work in the garden before there was sin, I think there might be work. If there was friendship and relationship before there was sin, I think there might be friendship and relationship. If there was walking with God, I think there might be walking with God. And so we have this picture of what he's going to do, and we don't lose who we are when that comes. We, we just lose the broken pieces. We just lose the distortion. We are still gonna be us, but we're gonna be made perfect. And so what does living hope mean? It means that while we don't experience that fully yet in all of its splendor, the church, the, the body of Jesus Christ, is supposed to live like that as much as we can now, right? We have been born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ is what Peter says. And so today, the church should live without all the things that divide us. Today, Christians should live differently than the world. Today, we should have open hearts and open homes and open tables, and we should be a part of healing and restoring and renewing and forgiving and inviting and serving the world. This is what Jesus invites us to do. He's done it. He's gonna do it again. In the meantime, he invites us to partner with him. His kingdom is coming, but it's already here. Heaven is later, but he tells us to pray for heaven come down. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Eden has been damaged, but Eden is coming back. And in the meantime, we get to see pieces of Eden now. And so this has big implications on every area of our life. I wanna quickly, before we jump into the series and get into the weeds of, of the letters that Peter wrote and who they were to and all of that, we'll do that next week. But today I wanna look just quickly at who we are as a church and what the resurrection has to do with what we believe. And so... Um, if you don't know our core values, you can turn and look back at that back wall. There are po posters back there. Uh, one of them says free coffee. That's not one of our core values. This is something we, we offer. It could be the fourth one. But the three, are they are no God. We want, we want you to be able to know God, share life, and step up. Those are the three things that we, thank you, Justin. Those are the three things that we do, okay? So I want you to think about the fact that Jesus is coming again, and he's going to set up a kingdom that cannot fade, it's imperishable, okay? It's perfect, everything's gonna be perfect. I want you to think about those core values and what they'll be like in the age to come, in the resurrection, okay? Think about it like this, today, can we know God? Yes, of course we can, in parts we can, 
God has given us sufficient information to be able to have relationship with him, but we see in part, right? The scriptures say one day, right, though now we see in part, we see like through a tinted glass, we see through a veil, one day we'll see like face to face, right? So I want you to think about this. One day we can know God perfectly. What's that gonna be like? Isn't that exciting? Like, listen, I, I don't know about just a 24-7 worship concert. That sounds pretty cool. I'm sure we'll sing. I'm sure we'll bow down. I'm sure we'll worship. I'm sure we'll fall on our faces. But I want to know this God, too. I want to, I have questions. I have, th- and one day, all my doubts will be gone. All my questions will be gone. Listen, all the guilt I feel about not obeying or the guilt I feel about not reading my Bible enough or not praying enough, all the regret I have, all that will be gone. One day, my relationship with God will be perfect. I won't believe one thing and then go, go, go do another because my nature is bad and sinful and selfish. I will believe and I will act on that belief and my relationship with God will be perfect. Isn't that gonna be awesome? Now, here's the question. What should it be like then until then? Did Jesus just resurrect from the grave to punch our ticket to heaven and leave us on our own until then? Or are the scriptures true that say the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in every believer? That sounds powerful to me. That sounds life-changing to me. That doesn't sound like something you can have and everything just stay the same. And listen, how many know sometimes our world looks at the church and they go, look, I know you go to church. I know you post about certain things. I know you say certain things, but you kind of act the same way you acted before you were Christian. You kind of act just like us. I don't know if I'm interested in this Jesus. But if we've really surrendered to God, if we really understand the gospel, then the spirit that raised Christ is in us. That changes stuff. So, yeah, one day we'll know God perfectly, but right now we can know God significantly. One day it'll be perfect, but right now it can be real, it can be growing, it can be deep, and we want that for you. Secondly, you know, we believe in sharing life, that we were made for relationship, that, that, that that's part of what we do as a church, help people not be islands, not be lone rangers, but get together and grow in relationship. One day we're gonna do that perfectly. One day we're gonna have relationships. Um, listen, one day we're gonna have a small group, all right? And there's no weird person in the group. There's no, there's no over-talker, there's no bad snacks. Everything's gonna be perfect, right? One day um, we're gonna have perfect relationships. I want you to think about that. Um, some of you lay in bed at night and you worry about your kids, or your grandkids because of the world they're growing up in. Can you imagine what it would be like to wake up in the morning and know There's no chance of violence. There's no chance of tragedy. There's no chance of a natural disaster. There's no racism. There's no division. There's no hatred. There's no politics. Amen and amen. There's none of this, right? And let's get smaller. Like there's, or well, there's bigger. There's no war. There's no genocide. There's no trafficking, right? But then let's get smaller. There's no more white lies to impress people. There's no more insecurity. How many of you guys can say amen to this? There's no more awkward social encounters. Last week I was preaching, and I kind of am a deer in the headlights when I'm preaching. I see people, but not really, okay? I'm just like, I'm just up here, I'm trying to get through. I'm a little ADD, and so I'm just, so I'm preaching, and I notice over here on this side, tall, handsome man, curly hair, and uh, you know, on team night a few, a few months ago, or a month or two ago, we had a, a tall, handsome man, curly hair, uh, making us donuts, right? Andy Moore 
his donut truck was here. And so I was like, oh, Andy's here. How cool. And uh, so I just kind of glanced at him. And then afterwards, I was out in the lobby. And uh, anybody else ever had an inter- uh, awkward interaction in the lobby? Like, you just try to talk to someone. You're like, I knew I shouldn't have done that. I should have stayed home, right? And so I see him coming again from the distance in my peripheral. And I'm like, and I'm like oh, cool. So he gets closer to me. And I go, where's the donuts? And he goes, ah. And I go, hey, man, I was going to come and try the lemon ones on Friday. I forgot you guys were posted up there. I, I-, I totally forgot. And he's like, oh, okay. And he walks past me. And as he's walking past me, I see... Uh, Kelly Owings, and Kelly has a son that's tall and has curly hair, good-looking guy named Cody, not Andy, and I realize that's not the donut guy. That's not even close, and, and he just humored me. I was like, where's the donuts? He's like, ah, I don't know, and he just, he left, right, and he laughed at me at the nine o'clock, but he, I messaged him and apologized, and he didn't message me back, so all week I've been like, oh, I blew it with this guy, so Cody, uh, forgive me, right? There's going to be none of that. There might be donuts. There won't be awkwardness. There's going to be no awkwardness in the age to come. There's going to be no, like, you're never going to go see a movie and they say, enjoy your movie, and you say, you too, and then you're like, why did I say that, right? All that's gone. No more feeling insecure. No more comparing. No more competing. No more striving. No more putting on a front. There's coming a day when all of that is gone. And we can have perfect relationships with each other. That's going to be awesome. Now here's the question. What should it be like until then? What should the world see out of Christians until then? I think it ought to see better marriages. I think it ought to see happier homes. I think it ought to see uh, people who are kinder to waitresses. I think it ought to see people who can deal with a tough situation at work differently. The world should find its best workers, its best teachers, its best volunteers, its best parents, its best marriages. All of these things should be found in the church, not because we're goody two-shoes, not because we're better, but because Jesus is alive and he's living in us and he's changing us from the inside out and the spirit that raised him from the dead is in us. Are you kidding me? I might preach today. One day we'll be rewarded for stepping up, right? Serving. There'll be no needs to donate towards. There'll be no problems to solve. There'll be no work to do to fix anything. We'll live and reign with our king. And, and, you know, maybe like Adam, we'll have work that's not toilsome. I don't know. There'll be no more layoffs, no more unfair bosses, no more injury, no more exhaustion, no more workman's comp, right? But what should it be like until then? Until then, can we use our gifts? Can we work hard? Can we, can we have a better work ethic? Can we have a better attitude? What can we do differently? Nate, join me if you would. All of that perfection is coming, and it's guaranteed because of Jesus' resurrection. But all of it can come in parts and pieces today, in slivers of hope, because that power is in us. Verse 4 said, the inheritance waiting for us in heaven is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. It can't be destroyed, it can't be polluted, it can't be manipulated, it can't decay, it can't age, it can't put on a few pounds, it can't, nothing. It's perfect. One day the enemy will be helpless, he'll be powerless, the sin of man will have no power. But in the meantime, while we can't totally 
prevent things from being destroyed. We can build, we can restore, we can help. We can't totally prevent corruption and pollution, but we can be made new. Our minds can be renewed. We can be purified. Our bodies are, are fading. We can't stop that, but we can make the most of our time. We can live hope now. We can live out resurrected lives now. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For questions, prayer requests, and more information, please visit us on the web at blowthirst.com.